Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. We're here to give you resources to make your life with your cat more rewarding and problem behavior free. Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, which is dedicated to providing education and resources that reduce rehoming of cats by intercepting the problems in the home before you ever decide to take your cat to the shelter, because shelter euthanasia is still the number one cause of death in cats, and we're looking to change that. I'm joined today by my handsome co-host, Dewey. Hi, Dewey. Hi, my beautiful... Hi, Molly. Hello, cat fans out there. If you would like to hear something specific on our show or have any questions, you can email Molly at molly at cattalkradio.com. So let's dive into the show today. We're excited about something new and different that we'll be talking about today, which this is springtime uh, all over the place, and there are Lots of things that come with spring. So today we're going to be talking about how to have you and your cats prepared for a disaster. What kind of disasters are we talking about here, Molly? Well, this is an important show because you want to be prepared in case something happens. And depending on where you live, this could be things like tornadoes or hurricanes or earthquakes, flooding, house fire, or even a simple electrical out- outage where you don't have electricity in the house. Anything that would cause you to feel like you need to evacuate your home or take cover quickly. That, that's how we'll define disaster in this case. Not exactly a behavior modification episode, is it? Well, no, but, but very important, good, useful tools and tips to help save more lives. And I can see where information could help people think ahead and potentially save their cats' lives because I know that, you know, a lot of people in a situation like that, it's hard enough to get your cats into a carrier, simply go to the vet. And I can't imagine what it's like when you're in a household full of panic and trying to figure out what you're going to do to save yourself and then try to also round up your animals uh, to get them into shelters. Yeah, that's that's the point of this podcast today. It's to help our listeners be one step ahead and ready for unusual situations and have the tools to handle it ahead of time. I can remember um, I lived in a three-story condominium in Dallas, and I'm a little OCD, as you well know, and I I was awake one night thinking about what if there was a fire how would I get the cats out and I had this elaborate plan and was prepared to evacuate my cats and myself from that third story in the event that there was a fire downstairs and we and we couldn't get out and a lot of people don't think about those things so I'm going to give you some tips and some things to plan for and some ideas so you can be ready you know, I, too, I'm from Oklahoma, and there's lots of tornadoes in Oklahoma. And where I'm from, there was every spring, 
you can almost consistently count on somewhere within a 40 mile radius that there was tornadoes coming through and sometimes there were multiple tornadoes and so i know that once a tornado sounds or you you see or hear that noise that if you've been around tornadoes you kind of know what that train noise sounds like sounds like a freight train coming at you um, you want to go to the shelter as fast as possible we always kept many different things in our shelter um, we kept food and blankets and and we'd always grab you know personal items as as we went through as fast as possible so taking animals in there was was a, a, a must also uh, but at the same time it was kind of difficult keeping them all in there so tell us a little bit about what we should do well if you're not in Oklahoma, like I've never lived in a house with a, a storm shelter. Um, so if you're in a house, sorry, I have a cat like right in front of me right now. This is Cat Talk Radio. We don't need any help, Tabasco. Okay. So if, sorry. <laughs> he wants to talk too. <laughs> he it's does. his show. Just he wants to talk. Right up in my face <laughs> going, I need to turn. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to um, talk. So if you if you don't live in a home with a storm cellar or storm shelter or something, um, if you have a basement, that's obviously the safest place to go. Um, and if you don't have a basement, I've, I've also never lived in a home with a basement or a storm shelter. So if you don't have either one of those things, you want to go to a windowless interior room, such as a bathroom or a closet or under a stairwell, if you have something like that, or an inner hallway. You always want to go to the lowest floor if you're on a multi-floor house, and you want to stay away from windows and be in the center of a room because corners tend to gather debris also. Yeah, we used to stock our, our storm shelters with supplies like water and flashlights, you know, things like that, that we would need batteries, radio, but never thought about stocking it for things for animals. Um, what would somebody put in a storm shelter area or one of these areas you're talking about um, that would deal with cats? The first thing you want to do is get large, hard-sided crates. And, and you want hard-sided because when cats are panicked, they can often figure out how to get out of soft-sided crates. They get a little nail hooked on those zippers and they'll have that thing open or the sides torn open. I, I was flying a, a handicapped cat once and she was paralyzed from the waist down, but she managed to rip open the side of a soft-sided carrier on an airplane and, and that was a disaster. So you want to make sure that you have hard-sided crates um, because the other thing is soft-sided crates don't provide much protection if there's, you know, debris flying around and things like that. And you want to make sure you have a crate for each cat because even the most bonded pair of cats will tend to fight when they're in a high-stress situation. So, um, so large, large crates. crates. <laughs> That's interesting. Why large crates? Wouldn't you be concerned about taking up too much room in such a small area or space? Well, you're going to need to put things in the crate. So you'll need to have, um, you know, you don't, you don't want to have the cat free roaming in whatever space you're taking shelter in. You're going to want to have a crate that's large enough. And, and it could be a, a hard-sided crate. It could be uh, one of those metal cages, uh, that kind of thing, because 
you know, those you can pop up pretty quickly too. But you need to have room for a small litter pan in there. Um, doesn't have to be a traditional cat litter box. It could be a dish pan or a disposable, one of those disposable cooking aluminum pans, like you cook your turkey in or something. Those things work real well. And then you're going to want to have some non-clumping litter because it lasts longer. You don't know how long you're going to be in there. So you want to make sure you get non-clumping litter and put it in a big gallon Ziploc bag. So you're going to want to have all this stuff kind of stocked up in the area where you're going to go to. So you'll have your large crate, you'll have your your litter pan, you'll have your non-clumping litter in a Ziploc bag and uh, food bowls and a blanket for them to lay on. Yeah, and depending on the time of year, I mean, sometimes in April and early May, you get cold snaps that come along with these disaster things, or you could even have a disaster in a cold area, true, right? Yeah, you want to you wanna be prepared for cold, um, power outages and flooding are really common with storms, so you're going to want to be prepared for both a wet situation and a situation where warmth may be needed and, you know, certainly protection from water and everything you want to do. You want to keep all these supplies in a, in a Ziploc bag and, and then also in a plastic storage bin and store it up off the floor, but in a place you can quickly grab it and go. Um, so you'll need food and water also. Yeah. Right? You want to, yeah. You want to make sure you use canned food cause that won't spoil. That has a longer shelf life. So get some canned food, stick it in there and don't forget to pack spoons for serving it as well as bottled water. That's the easiest way to, to have water for the cats and, and of course yourself. And then you'll want to pack cat treats also in case you need to lure the cat into or out of the crate. And then don't forget if you have any medications that the cat is on, be sure to take a little bit of extra medication and put that in with this emergency supply area. And a garbage sack for all the cat waste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a very good idea. <laughs> or Ziploc bag, or just get another litter genie. I love those things. We we use them all over our house. It's like a, if you don't know what it is, it's like a diaper pail for cat poop. And you scoop out the litter and, and the clumping. We use clumping litter and you dump it in this thing and you pull the the little trap door and it bloop, it falls down in the bottom with plastic bags and then the trap door closes and it keeps it from stinking. And then once it collects enough stuff, then you, you know, you tie it off and you can dispose of it easy. And they make a, we go through, gosh, we probably go through two big things of full litter out of our litter genie and they're making a new extra large size, which I'm excited about getting. And another thing to consider is take extra blankets too, not just the ones for them to lay on, but take extra blankets to cover the cages. Not only does that keep cold and drafts out of the kennels for the cats, but if they're stressed out, it'll help calm them down too. You know, I noticed we have pet alert stickers on the front of our window. Uh, that a good idea too? Yeah. Would you, put pet- that, would you put that on somewhere on the shelter or somewhere close to where you're at? No, not on the shelter. You want to put it in the windows, like in the front of the house. So they're they're easy to get. And, and you can get them like on Amazon or that kind of thing. You can put them on your doors. But basically, it's to let firefighters know that their pet's inside. You know, the one that I got has a has different species. Like it has a dog and a cat. And then you 
put a check mark by what you have inside. You can put a number by it too. So I have it like checked off with the number two. And, you know, if there's a particular room that your cat likes to be in, make sure you've got one of those stickers on that window too. You can also get wireless cameras, you know, to, to watch your pets when you're not at home. That'll help you know where it is that they like to hang out when you're not there. It might help you place those stickers better. But, yeah, pet alert stickers are, are an excellent idea. <laughs> that reminds me of a client that you had where they were peeing on uh, the carpet or outside the litter box, and they put a camera up. And so they constantly were sending you video of different times of the day when they had a camera on the cat consistently. <laughs> so yeah. funny that that uh, can't what we can do with cameras these days. Yeah, it's not it's not only good to to watch behaviors of your pet when you're not there, but it's really good in behavior consults too. It, especially the virtual consults that I go on, it helps me see what the cat's doing when I can't be there on site. Or like in the case that you were talking about. Um, I suspected that the cat might have a urinary tract infection, even though the client was was adamant that she didn't. And when I saw her go to the litter box and use it, I could easily tell that, yes, there was something happening with her physically. Like she'd go in, she'd mm -hmm. sniff it, she'd be real reluctant, she'd finally get in there, and then she'd squat for you know, a full minute or two. And then when she got up, I could see there was very, very little urine. And sure enough, it turned out that, that she had a, a urinary tract infection that they had to, had to treat before we could move on with behavior modification programs. So yeah, um, cat, cat cams are awesome for lots of reasons. <laughs> I could see mm -hmm. that. So let's say uh, you're in a quick hurry, like the tornadoes that we just had uh, recently in Texas somewhere uh, near the house and you're trying to get your cat in a carrier and it's not really easy, you know, because it's, it's not easy when you're trying to get the cat in a carrier to go to the vet. So I can't imagine how difficult it would be for somebody that's running around the house screaming and the cat's all amped up and they're amped up. So tell us a little bit about how we handle that. Yeah, it's the really important thing is to get your cat used to the carrier before you need them to go into it. This is true for vet visits also. So I recommend my clients leave the carriers or cages out all the time and have regular sessions of luring with a really high-value treat or targeting to your finger or a target um, into the carrier and then giving them a treat and a reward at the end. And do it often, you know, do it four or five times a week. Add a verbal cue to it. The one I like to use is let's go. We do that at the shelter. We'll, we'll target a cat into a carrier. And then as soon as they get in and touch, they go, let's go. And then pretty soon you just go, let's go. And that cat gets in the carrier. So you want to you wanna practice it a lot before the situation becomes too stressed out. That's, it's a really good thing to do. I just sat back down when you said, let's go. I was already trained. I was already headed to the door. So I had to get back to my seat. <laughs> let's go. All right, I'm back. Let's go. See, here I go. I know how that works. And I can imagine if you're going to a storm shelter or a place where the cat is really unfamiliar, it'd be a good idea to get them used to that area ahead of time and get them kind of a little more ease of where they're going, right? 
Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, cats are so territorial. They they are very uncomfortable when you remove them from their territory zone, and no matter where they're going. They, they're not like dogs. Dogs are like, woohoo, we're going on an adventure. This is fun. Where are we going now? But cats are like, whoa, whoa, buddy. Now you're taking me out into someone else's territory. I'm not safe out here. And they, they get very insecure. So it is important to wherever that is, if it's your storm shelter, your basement or bathroom or a closet, be sure to take your cat into that area often and do positive reinforcement in there, which means take them in there, give them lots of treats, lots of loving. And this is called habituation. So we're habitually getting them associated with that area being of something positive that happens, something good happens to me in there. And that makes them more comfortable in there. Well, that makes sense. Uh, but what if you don't have a storm shelter or safe room and the situation you're needing to leave the house right away, like you're in a fire, like the California fires that were happening? Um, what would you need in that type of scenario? Yeah, there's basically two disaster scenarios. There's what we talked about earlier where, you know, maybe there's a tornado or something going on outside, tornado, hurricane, where you don't want to go outside, you need to stay in your home. And then there's a situation where you need to evacuate. And again, carriers are the first thing you want to look at. You want a top-loading carrier because that's the easiest way to get a panicked cat into it rather than trying to shove it in from the side. Top-loading carriers are a little more expensive, but they sure are much, much easier. And again, leave those carriers out and practice positive reinforcement of getting them into the carrier before you need it. And again, you'll need one carrier for each cat. Don't try to put multiple cats into the carrier. And if you have to move quickly and you don't have time to get the carrier, absolutely keep a collar or, and or harness with a leash attached to it by your door or window that you would exit from. So you can, you know, grab the cat, grab the harness leash, put it on quickly and go. And in a life and death situation where you've really got to get out fast, keep a large towel or better yet a pillowcase nearby so you can quickly grab the cat, you know, put it in the pillowcase and get out. But that's a last resort because throwing a cat in a pillowcase and running outside, that's going to cause lots of trauma and traumatic experiences like that. Stay with the cat and develop behavior issues, you know, from it. Um, so when I was, um, let me give you an example of what uh, a plan like that would look like. Back to when I lived in the three-story house. I was in this three-story house, and I knew that if I had a fire, it's more than likely going to be downstairs. I wasn't going to be able to get out. So I had a one of those collapsing ladders that I could hook onto my balcony railing, and it was three stories tall, and I could get down the ladder. And I kept two carriers, one for each cat top loading. And I also had those, I had ropes attached to those with a, a hook on the end so that I could lower them down. I'd tied pre-tied knots in these ropes so that I could easily lower them down without the rope slipping through my hands so that I could lower them the three stories or I could, you know, grab them and get on my ladder and, and get down. And a lot of people thought would laugh at me, thought I was really silly. And thank God I never had to use that stuff. But um, but if I had, I mean, I was I was ready to grab them and go. You know, that's interesting. What about one of those backpacks we saw at the expo that we went to in Florida this year that has a little bubble on it? It's a backpack 
thing uh, where yeah. you can just put the cat in your backpack and then you could climb down a ladder like that yeah. uh, pretty quickly or you know, there's lots of things you could kind of put on the backpack with it, but uh, yeah, th- those be- I think would be a good plan, don't you mm-hmm. think? I, th- I do. I think those would be an excellent idea. Again, you'd want to make sure that the cat is conditioned to it and has lots of good positive associations with it, so that when you know you grab the cat, you know, it's, it's if it's a house fire, they're already going to be smelling the smoke. They're already going to be freaked out about the situation. So you want to make sure you're not intensifying that by shoving them into something that they're uncomfortable with. So then, too, you would want to leave that backpack out, make sure you have lots of good outings that the cat enjoys in the backpack prior to a disaster happening. But, yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Yeah, that uh, I got to thinking about that. That would be a great plan for somebody to have that lives in a high-rise building like that who would need to have their arms available and legs available to maneuver in and out of fire situations or earthquake situations where you've got rubble or fire, but you got the cat on the back and you could get out of there. That's that's uh, sounds pretty good. So I think we're going to have to get you a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on here for a minute. We're getting toward the bottom of our show. So um, what about cats that panic or hide in situations like that? How do we get them out of that? Well, if you wake up you know, to a raging fire and you got to get out immediately and your cat's not in sight, don't risk your own life trying to find it. Get out quickly and tell the firefighters that your cat's inside. You know, it's it's common for cats to freak out at the slightest little bit of strange smell or situation, and, and it's not uncommon for them to hide. And even a cat that's been trained to come, when you call it, it's probably not going to do it in the middle of that situation. Um, so, you know, if you can calmly herd your cat into a room or smaller space and shut the door behind you. It's going to be easier to get them rather than trying to chase them around the whole house. And then again, if you have to take a blanket and put it over the cat or, you know, grab that pillowcase and put the cat in there. But if you can't find the cat, don't stay in there and die, get out and send, you know, professional help in to, to find the cat. You know, the other thing, um, leave the doors and windows open maybe that's that's a good idea also that way if the cat wants to get out they can get out through the window i think the most important thing about all of what we're talking about is trying to get the cat to be more comfortable with the carrier so that when it does come time to get them to safety in the midst of the turmoil that they're used to it and they can uh, they understand it, and it, it makes your job a lot easier, and it saves their lives, right? Yeah, and you know we did a, a Cat Talk Radio episode on that. If if you go back in time, there was one that we did that was about the leading feline medical conditions. And the first half of that show, I talked all about the steps that you go through to make a cat comfortable with getting into a carrier and going to the vet. So if you're listening to this, you might want to go back to that episode and at least listen to the first half of it, and that will help you get the cat conditioned to the carrier. And, you know, the other thing that's good is teach your cat to come when called. But, again, in the middle of a panic event, it's kind of unlikely that they're going to come to you, you know, out into an area that they'll perceive they're going to be in danger. I know we're we're repeating this, but, you know, I like the fact that, you know, in a quick situation, even in 
tornado situation, they suggest that you open the windows and not leave the windows closed because the house needs to breathe. So in that situation, you kind of do leave the doors and windows open a little bit automatically. But to think about it as a plan for your disaster preparedness is, I think that's a good idea in, in all situations. Yeah, if you're, if you wake up and you smell smoke and there's a fire and you can't get to your cat, leave doors and windows open so that your cat has at least an escape path out that that might help i mean that's you know that's i would call that a last ditch effort to provide them a safe escape route but um but obviously not if if it's a hurricane or flooding you know inside's probably going to be safer for the cat than than letting them outside so i'd say and anytime there's a a disaster happening outside the house, um, you know, try to keep your cat in the house where it's going to be safer than with debris flying around and, you know, flooding and things like that. I know we, you and I went down when the disaster of flooding down in Houston and we saw all those animals down there in that situation and trying to rescue animals in a flood. That's a whole nother disaster by itself. But, you know, the disaster not only affects the people that are in the home, the families, it affects the pets, and there should be a, a preparedness for them as well, and I think sometimes that's missed. So I'm glad we had this yeah. topic. Glad it was a good topic to come back to. So, and I think there's a lot. You know, there's a lot more information out there on the web, on the internet about you know people being prepared. And of course, certainly if you live in a hurricane or tornado or or flood prone area you're going to probably have supplies on hand and you're going to have your family prepared. But sometimes people don't think about what it takes to get your animals prepared. And, and especially with cats, you know, it's a little harder to round them up in a panic situation. So that's why, you know, we wanted to talk today about making sure that you have everything, your little, you know, hazard preparation kit ready to go. You know, that's interesting. Also, it makes me think back to when um, the disaster happened in New Orleans, Katrina, and all the people that were wouldn't leave their homes because they couldn't find a way to get their animals out. They would stay with their animals. And and several times it cost them their lives and their animals their lives. Um, yeah. That was that was interesting. And some people wouldn't uh, go to the shelter until they were able to go back or have somebody go back and get their pet dog or cat or you know their pets are important to them and so i think you know if pets are as important to you as, as the rest of your family you should have good preparedness and you know the shelters in those areas flood too that that's what was so horrible about katrina and those other hurricanes down there in the texas coast is you know, the shelters flood and then trying to get you know i think it's one thing getting your two cats in carriers but imagine having you know 50 cats and adoptions and you know 100 right. dogs and trying to get all of those animals evacuated is a real challenge i remember when i went to new orleans after katrina i met these guys that owned a a, a kite like a kite and flag shop and we talked about it and they said they were one of the ones that stayed they had a three-story place they lived above their their shop their street level shop and they took their animals i think they had a couple dogs little dogs they had three cats and a bird and they were out on the balcony and they said people were coming by in boats and they were offering to take them but they wouldn't take their animals and that they finally had to hire a, a private guy and said none of the 
none of the government-supported evacuation vessels would take them with their pets. So some guy finally comes along that's private, and he charges them a lot of money and also has them agree that he can use their photos and pictures and stories in publicity and promotional materials. So they were they were featured in a lot of that unfortunate disaster evacuation and they they were not happy about that situation and not having a little more support of getting them with their animals out, but they weren't going to leave. They were willing to stay there and, and, you know, to the end with them, which is amazing. I'd probably yeah. be the same way. You know, that's terrible, though, that somebody would come along and price gouge them in a situation like that and then use the the stuff to promote their own business. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, that's that's ridiculous. Okay, well that that sounds like we've come to the end. Unless you can think of anything else, Molly. I can't think of anything else that you'll need. Large crates, most important thing. Get those cats used to carriers and crates and backpacks, maybe before you, this kind of situation arises. And don't ever think that you're in a safe area. I don't think there's any place in the United States that's not had a weather disaster or you know some sort of disaster at at any time. So be smart. Think ahead. Get a kit together and. And be ready to save your own life and your furry children's too. Sounds great. Well, until next week, uh, we thank everybody for listening. And again, if you have anything to share or specific you'd like to talk about, email Molly at molly at cattalkradio.com. And until and next week, keep calm and purr on. Purr and right away. <laughs> Bye, Dewey. Bye. <laughs> Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.